How's everybody doing this morning? Okay, we had about five people that said I'm blessed this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Blessed this morning? Praise the Lord. All right. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you look better this Easter than you did last Easter. That's for sure, man. It's like, because, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. So if you got a bulletin this morning, we had a couple of things. First of all, I'd like to say welcome to Woodland Family. If this is your first time, we're glad you're here. If you don't have a home church, man, come on out and be with us. We'd love to have you, praise the Lord. Um, in the bulletin, praise the Lord, we have a, uh, got some classes in there and some uh, groups that you can connect to. We're going to be having a, uh, a hiking group that's going to be starting here pretty quick. Uh, we have a Revelations class. It actually would be today, but since we got uh, it's Easter today, we're going to put it off to the third Sunday of the month. Tuesday nights, we have prayer group down here, which is awesome. Got one, one, two, three people that are like, yeah, clapping. It's like, yeah, prayer takes work, praise the Lord. And then Thursday nights, we have Celebrate Recovery, which is doing really good. Praise the Lord. And then uh, this coming up Saturday, we're going to be meeting down here at uh, about 1030 uh, and getting our food ready to take out to the uh, park. We go out uh, once a month and we feed the homeless in the parks and uh, try to pray with them and encourage them and stuff. So anyway, there's a bunch of stuff in your bulletin that you connect with, praise the Lord, and uh, take, get a chance to take a look at that. If you have your Bibles this morning, amen, amen. turn it with me to Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 in the NIV. This is what it says. It says, This day I've called the heavens and the earth as a witness against you, that I've set before you life and death and blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Father, I just come before you this morning, Father, and I'd ask that you would speak a word to your body, that, Father, these words, Father, would not fall to the ground, but they would penetrate the heart of each and every one that is here. Because, Father, you're calling us to a personal, individual relationship, that, Father, it's not about tradition, it's not about just coming to church, it's not about a form of godliness, but, Father, it's about a personal, individual, one-on-one relationship with you. And, Father, I just pray right now, I bind every hindrance spirit in the name of Jesus Christ that would try to come against this word, and I ask that your Holy Spirit would have his way in the house this morning. And Father, we give you the praise and the name that's above every name. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So I'm not going to talk to you this morning about the traditional resurrection message. I think we have a lot of CEOs here today, the Christmas and Easter only crowd. And so that's probably the same message you just hear all the time. So I'm going to talk to you about choices this morning. Choices. You can see the resurrection will do you no good in your life. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, dying for your sins, shedding his blood, uh, conquering death, hell, and the grave, making a life eternal, a place that we can have, we can have hope beyond our grave, uh, the grave, having a place in heaven to call our home, it will do you no good unless you have a personal, individual relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. You have to make a choice. You can choose God or you can choose the things of this world. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, guys, is choices. The choice is yours, praise the Lord. And see, we have tons of choices to make every day in our lives. When I got up this morning, I had a ton of choices to make. How many times I was going to hit the snooze button on my phone, uh, what uh, shoes I was going to wear, what clothes I was going to wear, whether I was going to take a shower or not, whether I was going to kiss my wife before she brushed her teeth or after she brushed her teeth. And uh, I would recommend after she brushes her teeth, because let me tell you something, church, dragon's breath is the real deal. Let me tell you, I was sitting out here one time. 
time in the crowd, and there's a person behind me about two rows. His breath was so bad, I could feel the heat on the back of my neck as he, as he breathed. It was bad, man. And I was at a prayer line, and there was a minister praying for people, and people were falling out. And so when I got up there, I wanted to fall out. And because it wasn't because of the anointing, it was because his breath was so bad. He needed a stick up. He needed some hubba bubba. He needed something other in his mouth. So hopefully our ministers here today that's going to be praying for people have got some gum, some, some, some something other, man, a mint, a stick up or something other there. Because it all comes down to choices, guys. And we have choices in our life, choices in our Christian walk. We have to choose to get into God's word, to seek his face, to get in prayer, guys, to go beyond religion, to go beyond tradition, to go beyond a form of godliness, because God's calling us to have a personal, individual relationship with him, that you know the sound of his voice when he speaks to you, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. See, because there's choices that add to your life, and there's choices that take away from your life. And you can't blame anybody else for the choices you make in your life. The choices you make are, are based on what you do. You can't blame grandma and grandpa or your parents or your, or your childhood for the choices that you make. You and you alone are responsible for the choices you make in your life, praise the Lord. So you had a choice this morning. You could come here. You could have stayed home or you, went some, you know, could have went somewhere else. You have choices who you allow in the, in the circle of your friends. You have choices on who you allow to, uh, to give a ring to, to, uh, to be engaged to, to become your husband or your wife. We all have choices. There's good choices and bad choices. And it all comes down to the choices we make. See, one quote says, your life's a result of the choices you make. And if you don't like the direction of your life, make better choices. See, what choices are you making this morning? Are you making the right choices, guys? Are you making the right choices uh, to, to live for Christ? And see, there's people today who are living in the consequences of the wrong choices they made in their life. They're stuck in their addictions. They're stuck in pornography, guys. They're stuck in bad relationships. They're stuck in poverty, living outside of God's will and provision for their life, all because of wrong choices they've made in their life. See, we live in a life that, uh, a nation that's health conscious, but not spiritually conscious of what's right and wrong. You know, we'll make choices to get up and go walking uh, for our physical health, but uh, we'll make the wrong choices and we'll ne neglect the spiritual uh, health of our soul. You know, we'll get, we'll uh, make the choice to go join a gym to work out, praise the Lord, but then to turn around and not make the right choice to come to church and be dedicated and be faithful to getting God's word to learn about his plan and his purposes for our lives. See, we make the wrong choices. We'll do the things that will push us away from the presence of God. We'll make the wrong choices to do things that enslave us to the traps of the enemy. And see, the enemy's not your friend, and you have to recognize the traps and the snares of the enemy that he wants to steal from you. He wants to get you off a of course. He wants to steal God's plan and purpose from your life. And see, Jesus says here in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He goes, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so you have to recognize, guys, the traps of the enemy that he wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you, and he wants to destroy your life. The enemy wants you to make the wrong choices. He wants you to fail because he hates your guts, guys, because you have something that he can't have, and that's a personal, individual relationship with a living Savior, praise the Lord, this morning. See, all the things that the enemy puts in front of you to tempt you, to get you to make the wrong choices is for one purpose and one purpose alone, guys, and that's to destroy your soul. And so what choices are you making this morning? Are you making the right choices when it comes to, to, to getting into a relationship with Christ? Making the right choices to, to, to get into his word, to find out his plan, his purpose for your life? Are you making the right choices when it comes to getting into his presence, uh, uh, joining a, a church body, to learning to fellowship and grow with him? 
to have maybe a godly mentor in your life that can speak into your life, that can encourage you and build you up when you're going through the storms and trials of life, that can point out the blind spots that you don't see in your life to keep you from going off the cliff. Are you making the right choices to have people and, and friends like that in your life, guys? See, the choice is yours. And see, it's going to come down that you're going to have to make a choice. Just like God told the children of Israel that I set before you blessings and curses, life and death. Now you have to choose. Choose life, guys. See the story in Mark, Mark 10. Tells the story about a young man comes to Jesus. And he gets on his knees. And he says, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus is all, well, you know the commandments. You know, uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, uh, thou shalt not uh, steal, you know, uh, have no uh, false witness against your brother, you know, honor your mother and your father. He's well, I've done all these things since I've been a young man. And Jesus said, well, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven, and then come follow me. And the Bible says the guy's face dropped. He was like, oh. It was like a dagger in his heart. And he went away sad because he had great riches. He was wealthy. And see, he had a choice. He could choose to uh, have his riches or have riches in heaven. And he chose his, he chose his, he chose, there we go, his riches over riches in heaven. And see, guys, if you really want to know something from God, if you want to know uh, what God wants from your life, if you're sincere and you go to him and begin to ask him, he's going to tell you. But then you're going to have a choice to make. You're going to have to choose to do what he asks you to do. And see, there's a lot of people that come to church, but they're not willing to give up the world or the things in the world to do what God asks them to do. They're not willing to give up their self-will to do what God would have them do. And see, God gives us free will. He gives us choices. We can make choices. And sometimes we, we take that free will and we make choices and we make the wrong choices, especially when we make the choices when it's based off our flesh and the lust of our flesh. And 2 Samuel tells a story about King David. And King David was a great king. He made some bad choices at times. But the Bible still said he was a man after God's own heart. You know, but he says in uh, chapter 11 that when the kings would go off the war in the spring, David made a choice. He stayed home, stayed behind, stayed in his palace. And he got idle. So one night he's walking around in his palace, <whistles> gets on the rooftop. And all of a sudden he stops, and he gets distracted. He sees something. He sees a beautiful woman taking a bath over on another rooftop. And he makes a bad choice. Instead of keeping on walking or going back to bed, he keeps on looking. And he kind of gets infatuated. Then he makes another bad choice. He inquires about her. And then he has her brought to the, uh, to the palace. And then he makes a really bad choice. He sleeps with her, and she's married to another man, and she gets pregnant. Bad choice after bad choice. See, guys, because he should have been out at war with his military and his army, but he made a choice to stay behind, and he stood behind, and he got idle and bored, and he started walking around, and then he got on a rooftop, and he started looking at things that he should have never looked at in the first place. And see, when you withdraw from God, when you pull back from where God is, is putting you or puts you in a place, you'll get idle, guys, and you'll start looking at things maybe you wouldn't even normally look at if you were in the place with your relationship with Jesus Christ where you need to be. See, idleness is the devil's playground. And when you pull back, there's, there's so many people that's pulled back and they've gotten idle and distracted by the things the enemies dangled in front of their face. And they took in the bait and they've fallen. And now they've got to live and deal in the consequences of their actions. 
And see, you're free to choose, but you're never free from the consequences of your choices. And see, the, the enemy's never going to tempt you with something that your flesh doesn't desire. The enemy's, he's not going to tempt me with a mayonnaise sandwich. Because I hate mayonnaise. I mean, I mean, if they wipe the mayonnaise off the bread, I still got to have a new piece of bread because it's contaminated. I mean, I'll give it back because I don't like mayonnaise. The enemy's not going to tempt you with something that your flesh doesn't have a desire for. Just like, a, I'll use my brother Robbie right here. I love him. If Brother Robbie was on that rooftop butt naked, a shower cap on, in a tub with a little rubby ducky, and he's all washing his back and singing love songs like Splish Splash or I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt, I guarantee you King David would have kept walking and went right back to bed and maybe had nightmares or something like that. Because the enemy, yeah, because the enemy is not going to tempt you with something that your flesh doesn't have a desire for. He's not going to put something in front of you that is an appeal to your flesh. And some of you, it might be women. It might be men. It might be getting high. It might be getting drunk. It might be getting pornography. But whatever it is, you have to recognize the traps and the tricks and the snares of the enemy. Stay off the rooftops and keep your eyes in the right place. Praise God. You can't allow the enemy to, to get you off course, guys. And if you do mess up, make the right choice. Get into God's word and don't run from God, but run back to God. Repent. Ask for forgiveness and get it right with the Lord. Praise God. Get it right. Don't try to hide it. The Bible says that David made another bad choice. Instead of trying to go and ask God for forgiveness, he tries to hide it. He sent for... um, Bathsheba's husband. He was out in the military, so he brings him back, talks to him, how's the, how's the war going, how's the battle going, you know, and then he tells him to go wash his feet and go home and be with his wife. He's wanting him to go home and sleep with his wife so he can cover it up, because in those days they didn't have DNA testing, you know. Uh, there was no way to know, unless, you know, unless you've got just two good-looking people, the tall, dark, and beautiful, and handsome, and, and the kid comes out two foot four, buck tooth, freckles, and red hair, you're like, hey, that's not my kid, you know, what's up with that? You know, there's no way. It's like, you know, Camel Express, or the Pony Express, or the mailman was there, or something other, but it's not, that's not my kid. It's like, there's no way to tell. So David's wanting him to go sleep with his wife, so it'd be all done, covered up. But Uriah's such a good dude, he doesn't do it. He goes and he sleeps out in front of the palace with the rest of the servants. David's like, ah. So, uh, so David calls him in and gets him drunk the next night. And so hopefully he'll go back and be with his wife again. And he doesn't do it. He's such a good dude. He goes back out and he sleeps uh, with the, uh, out with the, where the servants are at. And, and the David was asking him, he's like, why didn't you go home and be with your wife? He's like, I can't go home and, 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 and eat and drink and be married when the Ark of the Covenant's in a tent and my troops are out in other tents. You know, he wouldn't do it. He was a good dude. So David made another bad choice. He, has his, he tells his military commanders to have him put in the front of the lines where the fighting's the worst and then draw back from him. And then, uh, and then that's what they did, and he was killed. And so after the time of kind of waiting, then David took his wife to be his wife. Thought it was over with. And it's funny how sometimes when we don't deal with our actions and the consequences of our actions, how they'll come back and bite us in the backside sometimes. So God sends the, the prophet Nathan to David. He says, David, there were two men. One was a rich, rich man. He had lots of sheep. He had lots of, of uh, cattle. And then the other man was a poor man, and he had one little lamb. 
And he loved this lamb. This lamb was like his family. Uh, it, it, it ate at his table. It drank from his cup. Uh, it even slept in his arms. And then a traveler came by, and, and the rich man didn't want to take one of his lambs or one of his, his cattle to prepare a meal. But he took the, the young lamb of the, uh, of the poor man, and he served it and made a meal. And David got angry. He's all, what? He's all, this man should be killed and have to pay like back four times the amount of that lamb. And Nathan said, David, you're this man. God said, I anointed you king of Israel. I've given you uh, the house of Saul. I've given you wives. I've given you the land of Judah. I've given you the land of Israel. And if that wouldn't have been enough, I would have given you even more. But since you had him killed by the sword, the sword will never depart from your house because of choices. And if you go on and read the life of David and the stuff that went on in his house, and it's all because of choices, guys. Bad choices. Choice after choice after choice. And see, there's many homes, guys, that's being torn up today of unfaithfulness because the people are given into the flesh and the lust of the flesh and the desires of their flesh. And homes are being torn up. Families are being torn up. Young teenagers are having, having babies, and they're still almost babies themselves. You know, in the abortion rate in America, people are having abortions by the millions every year in the United States alone because people give in to their fleshly desires and don't think about the consequences of their actions, praise the Lord. And see, we still serve a God that requires holiness from his people. That sex, marriage, guys, and children still part of God's uh, marriage plan. And see, you can't be coming to church, guys, and be out sinning in the world, sleeping around, getting high, you know, drinking it up, smoking it up, sleeping around, getting down, playing around. You can't do those things, guys, and call yourself a Christian. You, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, then you've got to live according to God's word, God's standard for his people. God doesn't dwell in dirty temples. And if you're out there doing those things and there's no conviction in your life, then guess what? You have religion. You have tradition. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ because when you become born again, the Holy Spirit comes in your life. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. And so if you're doing those things and there's no conviction in your life, guys, you need to find an altar and you need to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because then you're not, you're not living right if you're doing those things. God requires holiness from his people. It's not religion. It's not about tradition. It's about a relationship with a holy God. Praise the Lord. You can say amen or hold me. It's okay. Praise the Lord. So what choices are you making, guys? What choices are you making today? See, you can make choices off of looks. Or you can't make choices off looks. That's what I should say. Some people make choices off looks and not the heart. And you'll get in trouble every time you make a choice off of looks and not the heart. There was a man that had been out of the dating game for a long time. And so he decided he could get back into the dating game. So he goes on one of these websites. He doesn't read the fine print. He starts looking at all the ladies on the, on the website there. Mm, that one's pretty good. That one's pretty good. Oh, there she is, right? That's her right there. Blonde hair, blue eyes. That's the one. So he calls her up. Let's go out on a date. So they go to the movies. Movies are pretty good. And after the movies is over, he wasn't really wanting the date to be over. So he said, well, you know, let's go back to my house. I'll make some coffee. We can hang out and talk. So she's, all right, that sounds pretty good. They go back to his house, and he's all, just make yourself comfortable. I'll go get us some coffee. So she's, all right. She goes in. She sits down on the couch, nice, comfy couch, make myself comfortable, pulls off her wig, <laughs> sits it down, pulls out her fake teeth, sits it down, <laughs> deflates her chest, 
pops off her fake leg and sticks it by her. And he comes in and he sees all these parts and he passes out and just falls out on the ground because I guess he wasn't paying attention. Found her like on parts.com or Transformers or Us or whatever, something like that. And see, guys, that's why you can't go off looks. Looks are deceiving. That's why the Bible says that God doesn't look on the outward appearance of man, but he looks on the inward heart of man. You see, that's why you can't go to church and fool God, guys. Because God looks on the inside. You can come to church and fool me. You can say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But God knows where you're at. He knows where you're living. He knows where you're at when you're in here. And he knows what you're doing when you're out there. That's why you can't go off of looks, guys. God looks at the heart. That's why it's not about religion and tradition. The Lord knows where you're at in relationship. Praise the Lord. See, does looks really matter? Does looks really even matter? I mean, if you had the choice, ladies, between Mark Wahlberg, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good-looking guy, or my buddy Matt over here. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, does, does, look, does looks really matter? I mean, uh, I mean, it's really not a matter of looks. It's about the heart, guys. It's, a, it's, a, it's about the heart. <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah 53 says this, it said, it said, Jesus had no beauty or majesty that would attract us to him. There was nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. See, the crowds didn't follow Jesus because he looked like a rock star or because he, he was a, a model. They followed him because of his words, his teachings, guys, his, his passion, his love for people. Not because he, he looked awesome. See, the Bible says in Matthew that the crowds were astonished. They said he taught with one with a power and authority and not like the teachers of the law. See, scriptures wants us to follow Christ because of his, his teaching, his message, not because of his looks. I mean, do you, do you choose a mate based off her looks or their heart? What about your church? Do you choose a church based off appearance? based off of, you know, their location or uh, the number of people that go there, or do you base it off of their, their heart for God, their love for people? And see, maybe you're here today. Maybe God's calling you in here today because he wants you to hear the truth of God's word, you know? He wants you to, to maybe uh, hook up and be a part of this body to help us to reach out to this city and this community and let people know there's a Savior that loves them, that died on a cross, that rose again, that they can have a life and have life more abundantly. They don't have to be sleeping in the parks. They don't have to be addicted to, to drugs and alcohol and all these things. There's a God that loves them and has a purpose and plan for their life. And maybe he's wanting you to hook up with us to help us to reach out to this city and this community, praise God calling out to you. See, the disciples didn't choose Jesus. Jesus chose the disciples. Matthew 4 said Jesus was walking along the shoreline, and he saw Peter and Andrew, and he called to them. And then he saw James and John, and he called to them. But see, then they had a choice, guys. They had to choose to answer the call. They had to choose to follow Christ. And me and you, when Christ calls, we have a choice to answer the call and receive him as our Lord and Savior, and then follow after him. When he calls to you. See, because you just can't come to Jesus and get saved anytime you feel like it. You have to be called. The Bible says the Spirit's got to draw you. And when that Spirit begins to draw you, that's the time, guys, to answer the call. You have a choice to answer the call. Jesus says here in John uh, 44, says, Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. See, the Spirit's got to draw you guys. 
God will force no one to serve him, but he calls you and then he draws you into relationship with him. And that's why it's very important when you feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit pulling at your heart, whether it's on an altar, whether it's in a prayer service, whether it's at home in your bathtub or in your car or standing up in your shower, the Spirit begins to knock on your heart's door that you need more in life. You need a Savior that loves you, not religion, not tradition. That's your time. That's your chance to answer the call and say, come into my life, Lord. Make me, make me your servant. Praise the Lord. It's about a relationship. See, guys, because Jesus is not under no obligation to call man more than one time. And when you feel that call, you need to answer the call. See, the greatest choice you'll ever make in your life, one that will last throughout all eternity, is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So you have to make the right choice, guys. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Joshua said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Make the right choice. Again, Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. So what are some of the choices you have to make, guys, to to choose life? Well, number one, you have to choose life. You have to choose Christ. There's life in Christ. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. There's abundant life in Christ. There's life overflowing in Christ. Guys, there's, there's newness of life in Christ, but you have to choose life in Christ. And see, it's an everyday decision. It's not just a one-time thing. It's every day when I get up and I put my feet on the floor in the morning, no matter what kinds of storms or trials are coming my way, I have to choose Christ. No matter if people want to ridicule me for my commitment to Jesus Christ, I'm going to hold on to Jesus Christ. I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And so you have a choice. You have to choose Christ. And number two, you have to choose to obey his voice. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about hearing the voice of God. Now you got to do more and hear the voice of God. You have to obey the voice of God when he calls to you, and you have to answer the call. 1 Samuel 15 says, obedience is better than sacrifice. See, because there's a lot of people who come to church. They give tithes. They pay in the offering. They feed the homeless. They get hooked up in service. And you can do all those things, guys, and still not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can do all those things, guys, and still die and go to hell. See, because the world serves. The world gives, guys. The world helps those in need. And the world doesn't even claim to know Jesus Christ. Because salvation is not based upon works, but it's based upon what Jesus Christ did for you and me upon the cross. And so you have to hear his voice when he speaks and when he calls, and then you have to answer that call, praise God. Jesus says here in Matthew, he says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. In other words, obeys his voice, guys. See, to do the will of the Father, you got to hear his voice, and then you have to obey his voice when he calls to you. God's will for you and me, guys, is to hear the voice of Christ and to obey it. See, life is only found in Christ. And number three, guys, you have to choose to cling to him. You have to choose to hold on to him. You want life in Christ, you've got to choose to hold on to Christ and not, never let him go. No matter when the storms or trials are coming in your life, no matter how high the waves get going, don't, get, don't quit, don't get discouraged, but hold on to Jesus, trust in Jesus. Be like that static clean sheet in the dryer that just won't let go. You can't get it off. You've got to be like that old Band-Aid commercial. I'm stuck on Band-Aids because Band-Aids. I'm stuck on Jesus because Jesus Christ is stuck on me, whether I'm on the mountain mountaintop or whether I'm in the valley low, I'm going to hold on to Jesus, praise God, because he's my Lord and my Savior, praise God. I'm stuck on Jesus. Hebrews says, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, guys. So see, you have to make the choice and hold on to Christ. 
And see, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and your Lord, as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're here just because of tradition, because it's a holiday, or because someone invited you, then, then none of the benefits, guys, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ applies to your life. See, because you have to be in relationship with Jesus Christ to have the benefits of the cross. See, because it's not about coming to church. It's not about tradition. It's not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that you hear his voice when he speaks your name, that you can say, yes, Lord, your servant hears you. And you don't get that by just coming to church twice a year or whenever you feel like it. That's a daily individual commitment, fellowship, and relationship with Jesus Christ. That you work on it daily and communicate with him daily. See, if I only communicated with my wife, I don't know where she went, twice a year or twice a week, my marriage to her would end in divorce because that's not a relationship. There's no fellowship there. There's no intimate intimacy there, praise the Lord. I have to communicate with her and I have to have fellowship with her and I have to spend time with her developing that relationship. And it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. You have to spend time daily with him, communing with him, have fellowship with him, learning to tune into his voice when he speaks, that you know his voice when he calls. It's called relationship. It's not religion. It's not tradition, but it's a personal relationship with a Savior that went to a cross and died on a cross for you. See, you have to choose. The choice is yours. You can choose religion, guys, or you can choose relationship. They're not the same. The world and Oprah will tell you that all re religion leads to the same place, and they're right. It leads to a place called hell. Because the Bible says there's only one road that leads to eternal life, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Relationship is through Jesus Christ. And see, so you can choose Christ, guys, or you can choose religion and the things of this world. And Jesus says here in John 3, he's talking to a religious leader named Nicodemus. And he's out talking to him, and, and like I said, this guy's a religious leader. And Jesus says, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again, or you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you've got to be in relationship with me. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. See, Jesus, some of Jesus' harshest words in the Bible were to the religious, to the religious leaders. He said in Matthew 23, he says, you snakes, you brood of vipers, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're clean on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead bones and uncleanliness. And then John, he said, you're of your father, the devil. See, because then, because religion was about tradition. It was, about, it was about money. It was about law. It was about appearance. It was about a form of godliness and not about a relationship with the Son of God. And see, guys, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The worship team wants to come on back up this morning. Praise the Lord. See, see being religious, guys, and believing in God is not the same as having a personal relationship with him. The Bible says the devil believes and trembles, but you have to be in a personal relationship with Christ. The choice is yours. You can choose religion and have no benefits, or you can choose a relationship with Christ and walk in the promises of God that he has for your life, guys. See, it's your time for extreme choice. Jesus says in Matthew, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. 
In Luke 17, excuse me, tells the story of a rich man and a blind beggar named Lazarus. And the rich man, he had money, he had a, he had a home, he had friends, you know, he had fine clothes. If he got sick, he could, he could hire a, uh, uh, you know, a physician to come see him. He was self, self-contained. He didn't need God because his money was his God. Anything he needed, he could just buy it. But the poor man, the poor beggar, he had no good clothes. He had no place to sleep. He, he slept on the streets. He had no home. He had no friends but the, but the dogs on the street. His health care was the dogs. The Bible said the dogs came and licked his wounds. But then one day he died. And the angels came and carried him away. And then the rich man died. And they had a funeral for him. And then they buried him. And the Bible says he lifted up his eyes in hell. And he found out some things, guys, when he went to hell. That hell's final. There's no getting out. The hell's a place of no forgiveness. There's no second chances in hell, guys. There's no mercy and hell and that hell is a choice and if you go to hell guys you go there because you choose this life over a relationship with Christ and see if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior then religion tradition and all the money in the world won't change the direction you're going if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior You might be saying, Pastor, why are you talking about hell? Because eternity, guys, is a reality. Hell is a reality. And so you can come here, you can celebrate Easter, you can celebrate the resurrection, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, where you've asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, then none of the benefits of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ applies to your life. And what a waste. And what a waste. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross. If you would have been the only person, he would have went to the cross for you. Because he desires a personal relationship with you. Not religion, not tradition, not a form of godliness, but a personal, intimate relationship that you know the sound of my voice when I speak to you. And so right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, guys, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you made some decisions in your life that's drawn you away from God, that you've, you've fallen away from God. The Lord's wanting you to come back home because he loves you, and he's got a plan, and he's got a purpose for your life. If you can sit here, guys, today, and if you must go out of this world when you go out these walls right here, Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when you opened your eyes, that you would be in heaven, that you would have have life eternal in heaven? If you don't know that this morning, you need to raise your hand. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, I ain't going to embarrass nobody. I just want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. It's a simple choice. I see that hand. 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 The Lord loves you guys. And he went to the cross for you. So I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to have everybody say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me that new person in Christ Jesus. 
Wash me clean in the precious blood and made me that new person in Christ. All old things passed away and all things be made new. I thank you for my salvation and I receive it through faith right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to call the prayer team up this morning. And if you guys need prayer in your life, maybe you're here today and you made some of those decisions in your life and maybe, maybe you're struggling in addictions. Maybe you got some things going on in your life, some hurts, some habits, and hang-ups. Whatever it is, guys, we, we want to pray with you. That's what having a church family, a church body's for, is that we can pray with you, we can encourage you, and I, I guarantee you we'll have mints in our mouth, praise the Lord, so you don't have to worry about no bad breath, praise God. But if you have needs this morning, we want to pray with you. We just want to love on you. And if you got to leave this morning, I know it's Easter, I ask that you do it quietly and, and, and talk outside and not do it inside the sanctuary while we're praying for people. But if you're here this morning, guys, you need a need, your family, your body, your health, we want to pray with you. God bless you. I love you this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.